Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, she's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the radio. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. This is Christmas Eve Eve. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? You just got so excited and it just, we had two Eves. Christmas Eve Eve. And I don't know why we got so excited about Christmas Eve, because we didn't ever open presents till Christmas morning. So, but it's just the excitement that's in the air. And uh, so I'm going to share with you today, we're going to call this our Christmas show. Daniel will join us in the second segment, and in the third segment, I will open up the phone lines just for the third segment because I have something I want to share with you during the fourth segment. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for such a time as this. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman made under the law. Like the Magi of old, we now come to worship you. Like the shepherds, we come to see you. Like Mary, we ponder these things in our hearts, that you, God, would become a baby born in poverty, come to rescue us from darkness, come to bring healing to the hurting, to bring justice to the downtrodden, and to reconcile all things to you. On this day at Christmas time, my prayer is for the hurting, the lonely, the physically sick, and those who are in deep, sick deep in their souls. Know your healing. May they all know your healing and redeeming power. I pray that on this day when we celebrate your birth, that those who are hurting may be made new. May we all recognize how your infinite love pursued us so far as to you emptied yourself and became one of us. Emmanuel, we praise you. Abba Father, we thank you. You are a God who keeps his promises. You never break a covenant with your people. For such a time as this, may your children be your witnesses in love. May we share your good news. In the holy, precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Born to die, that we might live. Our Lord was born in a manger, but we must not allow him in our minds to stay there. My daddy used to say that. He's not a baby in a manger anymore. Precious and vulnerable he came to this world. But he was born to die. His mission was that of our salvation, and he obeyed God the Father, and he became that perfect sacrifice that we might know him and be saved, saved to spend eternity with our God, our Father, Creator, Redeemer, our Savior. I uh, led a cantata one time, and those words a shadow on the cross, a 
shadow of the cross. And in that cantata, that particular song, we rigged it up so that the cross, there was a shadow over the manger scene that we had put up. A listener at the lake has something they want me to share with you, and I'm going to try and get it done. I don't think I'll manage it before the break, but I, it's called The Man and the Birds, and the author is unknown. The man I'm going to tell you about was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family and upright in his dealings with other men. But he just didn't believe in all of that incarnation stuff that the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It didn't make it, it just didn't make sense to him, and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He told his wife, I'm truly sorry to distress you, but I'm not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said we would, he would feel like a hypocrite and that he would much rather just stay at home, but that he would wait up for them. So he stayed then they went to the midnight service. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window and, and to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier, and then he went back to his fireside chair and began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, then another, and then another, and he first he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against the living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddling outside, miserable in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm in a desperate search for shelter. They had tried to fly through his large landscape window. And that is what he found was making the sound. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures just lie there and freeze, so he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter. All he would have to do is direct the birds into the shelter. Quickly, he put on his coat and his galoshes. Nobody wears galoshes anymore, do they? And he trampled through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide, and he turned on the lights so the birds would know the way in. But the birds did not come. So he figured that food would entice them, and he hurried back to the house and fetched some breadcrumbs. He sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail of breadcrumbs to highlight the way to the doorway of the barn and the stable. The birds continued to flap, though, around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them, but he could not. He tried shooing them into the barn, but walking around by walking around and waving his arms, instead they scattered in every direction, every direction except into the warm-lighted barn. And that's when he realized they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I am a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of a way, some way, to let them know that they can trust me, that I am not going to hurt them. But I want to help them. But how? Any move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. He thought to himself, If only I could be a bird and mingle with them and speak their language, then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to the safe, warm, to the warm barn but I would have to become one of them so that they could see me and hear and understand. And it was at that moment the church bells began to ring. 
The sound reached his ears above the sound of the wind. He stood there listening to the bells, Audeste Fidelis, O come all ye faithful, listening to the bells pealing the glad tidings of Christmas. He sank to his knees in the snow. And in this story, the man understood why God became one of us. We had to hold him. Mary had to hold him. She had to kiss his face. She was kissing the face of God. And he realized that that story was true and what it meant. No, he didn't become a bird, but he became a child of God. Christmas is a magical season. It's just a story. It was unknown. And a listener out of the one of the stations at the Lake of the Ozarks here in the state of Missouri called me, and she wanted me to share that story on the air. And so I have done so. I told her I'd be happy to. She was read by Paul Harvey years ago, but the author is unknown. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Happy Christmas Eve, Eve. And we will be right back. My company sells a nutritional product called Immuno 150. If you haven't heard of it, you need to go to the website immuno150.com or call our toll-free number. Now, we sell to thousands of consumers, and our reorder rate is above 94%. Now, many people ask us how we can sell a month's supply of Immuno 150 for less than $50 when most of our competition is $70 to $80 a month. It's simple. We don't pay celebrities or testimonial people to say something good about the product. Immuno 150 stands on its own with 70 minerals and 80 other nutrients. It doesn't need any help, and it has more than color, taste, and smell. I am 88 years old, and my wife is 79, both with no dementia, arthritis, or allergies, and no aches or pains of any kind, nothing, all because of Immuno 150. Now, check the number of minerals in the product you take. Don't be surprised if you don't find more than 12. Order Immuno 150 to see what 70 minerals can do for you. Call our toll-free number, 888-316-2224. Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, csetalkradio.com, and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. 
Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rule America is the heart of production in this nation, our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in Rule America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rule America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. What? You know, we've all, we're all familiar with the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. But I was not aware. I knew it existed, but I had never been taught about the Twelve Days of Christmas. And I remember asking years ago, when do they start? What is the Twelve Days of Christmas? Well, it actually starts on Christmas Day. And I'm going to share just a little bit of this with you. Because it has nothing to do with the song that we know. And there's another group that did another song. And it was another spoof on that. But the first day of Christmas, of the 12 days of Christmas, is Christmas Day. And it's called Twelve Tide, a Christmas Day. And it's about celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And when we uh, return on Monday, I'm going to tell you what the rest of the days are. We can kind of watch those and count them down as we go through the 12 days of Christmas and hope that we don't get turtle doves or anything like that in the mail. We have Daniel on the line. Daniel, Merry Christmas Eve Eve today. (laughs) Merry Christmas to you and to your wonderful listeners. I was happy to uh, call in just to to wish you that, and and, uh, thank you for a wonderful year with CSC Talk Radio. I'll tell you what, you just make our day when you're on with us. We we rely on you to keep us informed about things going on, and, you know, even if you have to be the bearer of bad news, you know, we had that. We had (laughs) that. Sometimes I am. Yeah, Uh, we had that. Well, you're just the bearer of the news. (laughs) We're not going to shoot the messenger. Um, the omnibus, the omnibus, uh, gift that, uh, or ominous gift that, that, that the DC occupiers gave us yesterday was Merry Christmas to us, huh? Yeah, it was really disappointing and very unsurprising. You know, a, a lot of <laughs> conservatives have had huge problems with Mitch McConnell over the years, and, and there are some things to highlight about his career, but there's an awful lot to be really frustrated with. And yesterday's omnibus bill is an example of that. They could have easily waited until January, had the Republican House negotiate a better bill. Um, but when you look through it, if there are 4,000 pages, which someone said is around 10 reams of paper, um, in 4,000 pages, everyone got a little something. So they got their Christmas gifts. They got $4 million here and $3 million there. And my brother-in-law wants to build a statue, and we funded that. And I have a cousin who has this business, and they got money. So everyone got a, got a Merry Christmas if you are related to uh, leadership in the House and in the Senate. But otherwise, the rest of us got stuck with the tab. Well, you know, it's um, it's crazy. And, of course, we know that 
there's one thing that the Republicans and the Democrats can agree on. It's to throw this stuff in at the last minute and spend your money. They'll always vote to spend your money. Yes. And uh, Yeah, and, and I was commenting on social media yesterday. The omnibus bill it really looks like that high school student who Sunday night realizes, oh, my gosh, that book report is due tomorrow. And they haven't read the book, <laughs> and they figure if they just put thousands of words uh, uh, together. Um, like Kamala? They will, you know, <laughs> exactly. They just shove everything. They, they steal a couple things from, the, uh, from Wikipedia and from the Internet. And then when the teacher says, okay, this paper is lousy, you got an F, they adamantly stand by it and say, I put so much effort in, how dare you accuse me? And that's what Mitch McConnell did yesterday. When you say, yeah. well, this is 4,000 pages you cobbled together in the last couple of hours. It's like, this is a very important piece of legislation. And they're just lying to us. And, you know, we know they're lying. They know we know. And no one really cares. And I think that's the frustrating part. No one really cares. You know, we, we, we have these elections every two years and presidentials, and we talk about conservative values and spending but but then what do they do when it's not when it's not an election cycle? They behave as they always behave. And, you know, Mitch McConnell had a very tight primary and, a, and not a tight race last year, but he needed tens of millions of dollars to survive, promising to be a great conservative. And he mm. survived. And what do we get? The same Mitch McConnell we always get. It's just very disheartening. It makes you lose hope in America, but we will keep fighting next year. Absolutely. We have no option but to fight. I guess we could always cave and give in, but I'm not like that. Neither are you. And, uh, you know, it's the future of this nation is at stake and it's not looking good. And uh, we're going to keep fighting. I do have uh, some hope because I see people waking up. Uh, Twitter's waking people up. Um, I think do you think Mitch McConnell will retire come the next election? Probably, given his age, and, and I'm sure he's got carve-outs in this, like every member of Congress does, that will help his retirement. I, I mean, uh, we, we just had days and days of talk about Trump's tax returns, and yet no one seems to ever ask any members of Congress about their tax returns. And, you know, there are some very famous people, Warren Buffett, Ken Griffin, I mean, billionaires who have made their fortune out of picking the stock market. And members of Congress put them to shame. They are just brilliant when it <laughs> yeah. comes to picking winners and losers, especially this down market. So so I think he will probably retire and he can afford to because he's played the game very well, just like Pelosi, just like all of them. They've all played the game very well. Um, we're the only ones that seem to play the game poorly because we're honest. But I want to end on a high note. Okay. I know you're dealing with some freezing temperatures, as are we, we here are. in Virginia. Um, and my high note is to think of not just energy workers, but millions of, of what we used to call blue collar before it seemed a pejorative. It just meant people get their hands dirty. Blue collar workers across the country who are working Christmas Eve and they're working Christmas Day and they're working New Year's and they are keeping us alive. They're continuing to drive our trucks and trains. They're, they're providing our energy. And uh, the fact that millions of Americans are surviving zero-degree temperatures for days on end is a testimony to the fact that, thank God, we have American fossil fuel industry and American fossil fuel workers, and we give thanks to them this Christmas season. You know, and all those gifts you're going to open up, where did they come from? How did they get there? 
You know, not just how they got made. How did they get there by fossil fuel? You know, uh, I was going to ask you, I was going to tell you something. Because of this bad weather that's hit across this country, I've got a grandson and his wife, and they're expecting their first. And uh, they live on the other the other side of Kansas, <laughs> and it's cold there. And they bought a really, really, really old house that they're fixing up. And uh, their electricity went out. But this old house has something called a floor furnace, and it continued to work. So they were able to stay warm for those hours that the uh, electricity was off. And I'm sure that's not electric. (laughs) 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 I'm pretty sure that's not electric floor furnace. (laughs) You don't hear about floor furnaces anymore, and I don't know if you even know what one is, but uh, we haven't ever. I mean, I think uh, I think... My husband's grandfather had one, but I'm not positive about that. But they keep the house very warm. The the floors are warm, <laughs> which is what you really get cold in. But it, yeah. it is fossil fuel. Fossil fuel. Yeah, and, and fossil fuels are working everywhere. You know, I was looking at um, some energy grid uh, data where they put in the mix of how much is coal, how much is wind and solar. And across America right now, uh, coal and natural gas are close to 80%. Because in a lot of places, the wind, even though it's blowing, as I've told your audience many times, when it's below a certain temperature, uh, which is zero degrees, wind turbines, uh, they do not produce enough, they do produce enough electricity. They can spin, but they cannot sustain a charge. And do so they... wind power right now is useless in below freezing temperatures. And if you have snow covering your solar panels, those are useless too. So again, those... fossil fuels that power the country and keep us alive. Do those turbines get... Um ice on them and does that affect them in any way i would think and and if it's freezing rain they they will turn the turbines off they will lock them because as as they start to develop ice on the on the blades they get out of calibration and and that's dangerous um and they also throw projectiles (laughs) i talked to a rancher in texas once who lost several cattle from wind turbines more than a half mile away because they throw ice that distance and wow. it's dangerous and they literally lose cattle as a result so wow. just another reason to hate wind and solar <laughs> i did not know that but it makes sense that that's crazy i did not know that well yep. are you going to be going home for christmas or are you staying no ma'am i'm staying uh you know farmers take care of those sheep their <laughs> livestock and we have some lambs being born uh these next couple days so it'll be a busy a busy christmas that is going to be busy, but isn't that a beautiful thought? You've got a barn, right? <laughs> I do, and I remind everyone that when when Jesus was born, uh, the angel went first to shepherds, which is why us sheep farmers are, are God's favorite. <laughs> oh, beautifully spoken, beautifully spoken, and Merry Christmas to you, Merry and Christmas, uh, thank you for all that you've done for the show, and we look forward to next year as we try to right the wrongs of this nation. Thank you. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're going to open up the phone lines during the third segment. If you want to say Merry Christmas to anybody, join us at 877-895-5410. That's 877-895-5410. And we'll be right back.
have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I'm using this segment so you can call in at 877-895-5410 and say Merry Christmas to whoever you want to say Merry Christmas to. We're going to go to Neil in Missouri. Neil, how are you? I haven't heard from you in a long time. How are you doing? Oh, staying warm. I've got a bunch of firewood piled up outside so I can keep the stove going. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I just had a comment about your, like most commentators, you keep calling oil and gas a fossil fuel, but it's right. not. Right. Yes, you know, you're the right. Research came out, yeah, the research came out in the late 70s after that huge stare that we were running out of oil and running out of gas, and the geophysicists determined that oil and gas are a natural product of the uh, motion of the tectonic plates deep under the earth. It pressure, you know, the high temperatures and the high pressures create oil and gas deep underground. That's why you got to drill so deep usually to get oil. It's right. not a fossil fuel. The only fossil fuels I know of are peat and coal. So, okay. uh, and, and we've got a 300, just in this country alone, we've got a 300 year supply of coal at the current usage rate. But uh, we're never going to run out of gas and oil. No, no. Earth, you're absolutely right. That. You're absolutely right. We keep calling it by the wrong name. <laughs> But nobody else can recognize it if we do anything else. So, but you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely well. You stay warm, my friend. There's oh, nothing. There's leaving. nothing more more cozy than that wood heat. Oh, that keeps you warm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, if you just figure out a way to heat the outhouse, I'd be in like Flint. <laughs> well, be careful it what you light out there. Out there this morning. <laughs> All right. Okay. You'll be careful to lighten that around that uh, methane gas. You can get in trouble pretty fast. All right, exactly. <laughs> All right, Neil. Merry Christmas. Thank you. God bless you. you. All right. We have Tim from Iowa. Tim, how are you today? Merry Christmas, Beth and Rudy. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Tim. Thank you, guys. It's great being friends with you and, and depending on our grandchildren's future. Amen. Amen. We feel the same way towards you and the other listeners because we're all in this fight together. And uh, I've got a little something I'm going to share later that kind of proves that, you know, they're kind of relying on us. Uh, but people need to stop sitting back and relying on others and get busy, get to work. Yeah, that uh, the, the petroleum fuels are really feeling good today in minus eight in Iowa. But, but <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, we we're uh, having heat wave. We're up to minus seven now. We were minus eight <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> so. I, I think it's great that we got a new producer this year. That you're you're back in with somebody that that you deserve to be with. Well, thank and, you. And uh, um, you know, because uh, besides you, you guys and. Uh, up here in Iowa, we have a fellow named Gary Dolphin, who's kind of our our neighborly friend that we put, listen to on the radio for Iowa Hawkeye games, and they're using the same producer. So oh, it's good okay. to see that company is really reaching into the grassroots of, of rural America and reaching out and supporting voices that support that. Yeah, that, somebody that, had told me I was going back to my roots, you know. <laughs> but uh, for those who aren't aware, we're using Learfield Communications now, mm-hmm. and they're doing everything for me. They're producing, and they're doing the satellite distribution. And we put a, sometimes it's a good thing to put all your eggs in one basket, and then sometimes it's not. So the future will tell. We are, so far, we're just thrilled with, with how they're helping us. And uh, they're also doing our streaming. And uh, where we were, they were going to break all that up, and it was going to cost us a lot, lot more. And... God just kind of threw us into this, so it's 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 where we are, and we're we're real excited about it. And I thank them for that because they they handle all of the University of Iowa sports, 
And, it's and they do a very professional and it, job. And it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's America. The, the, the it's, coverage is America. You know, middle, yeah. rural America and average people geared towards that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you have a Merry Christmas, my friend, and you stay warm. <laughs> Keep by the stove. <laughs> you too. I didn't realize it was that cold down there. I might have to go down to Texas to warm up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this cold snap is pretty widespread. You may have to go to Florida or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thank you. God bless you, Tim, for all guys. that you do. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. If you still want to say Merry Christmas, I'm going to let you give us a call. We can only keep the, because I have something I want to share with you, I can only keep it open for this third segment. 877-895-5410. That's 877-895-5410. Well, we talk about MAGA, Make America Great Again, and I've always wondered why, why is that so offensive to people, to make America great again? Even if you thought America was never great, to make America great now would be a good thing, right? But they have to destroy everything in the past. And so I'm going to change it to MAGA. Make America godly again. Make Americans godly again or God-fearing. And let it begin with me. We always say that. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. But this is an article that I read. His name is John Conlon. And, you know, the titles will capture you. And uh, as they did in this one. And he says here in the title, A Plea from a Heathen. But that would obviously, that's going to make me look at it. A Plea from a Heathen. Please, Christians, the world needs each of you now. And I thought, well, this was perfect for Christmas time. And so I'm going to share it with you. Look around you. In the past few hundred years, our discovery of the structures, laws, and ways of almost all the natural world has been astounding. Think about that. Think about that sentence. What all has happened in the last hundred years? From the very large expanse of the universe and the space-time continuum to the very small weirdness of the quantum world, we have put almost everything into a known, interlocking, and interconnected fabric of reality where not a single fact contradicts any other. Think about that. We have defeated all but a handful of viruses and bacteria that used to terrify our ancestors. Rather than starvation, we have obesity as a problem. And where hunger is an issue, it is almost always the result of bad government policies. On economics, we've known that what works, we've known what works and what doesn't for decades. Small limited government and free individual work, individuals work long term. Nothing else does. Government is expansive by nature, much like a parasite, and it must be consciously controlled and limited lest it consume all. I was looking at a video the other day, and it was Milton Friedman. He's passed away now, great economist, explaining inflation. And he said, I'm, I'm differing from the article right now. 
He explained that what doesn't cause inflation, you don't cause inflation. Corporations don't cause inflation. He went on and on in what did not cause inflation. And what does cause inflation is too much government and too much bureaucracy, which is, of course, big government. And that's where we are, my friends, right now. Back to the article. He says, on the path to these discoveries, almost all early scientists were religious. And although they were just opening the door to all the discoveries the science way of thinking would discover, they still worshipped God. They considered their work and the discovery of the truths of the natural world to be in honor of God. In fact, they believed God specifically desired us to discover these truths. To be self-evident <laughs> that all men are created equal. Okay, that was me adding to it. I hear the music. We're headed into a break. When we come back, we will be in the final segment of today's show. I hope that you'll continue to listen to this article because I think it's very telling. A plea from a heathen. Where are you today, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus? Have you given up? Are you ready to fight? Fight for the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's vine-to-bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, 
Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-495-3652. That's 800-495-3652. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a BOGO extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one, get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, six-piece towel set, and roll-and-go anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener specials page at MyPillow.com and use promo code BETHANN or call 1-800-978-6168. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on select products. You will also receive Mike's book absolutely free with any purchase. Call 1-800-978-6168 or go to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com. Promo code BETHANN. talking about scientists who used to be religious. They believed in God. But today, the vast majority of scientists are non-religious, with many actually being quite anti-religious. Few have any direct experience with religion at any level. This often leads to the propagation of a sad caricature of a religious people by those who have little to no real understanding of how the religious truly act and believe. At least that's true of the experience of the religious folks that I know, he says. And to the detriment of science, now, rather than worshiping God, many of these scientists even seem to worship, often seem to worship themselves. Many loudly proclaim themselves to be atheists, which is simply a childish anti-religion religion that consciously ignores the facts in front of us. Given all we know, we should be living in a paradise, and in many ways we are. Our material wealth has never been this high. We live longer, healthier lives than ever before. Yet trouble and strife abound. Millions are spiritually lost. It seems as we have discovered more and more of the physical world, we have grown more and more distant from the metaphysical existence our basic being. And I put in here, remember America, we are not human beings here for a temporary spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings here for a temporary human experience. He goes on, he says, along this path, we have also seen the diminishment and retreat 
of Christianity. Any honest observer would note that open bigotry and discrimination of only one religion is allowed in the modern United States and East and Western Europe, and that's Christianity. Although that old, evil anti-Semitism seems to be ever lurking in the hearts of some. This heathen, he says, calling himself a heathen, believes there is a direct correlation of relations and relationship between diminished Christianity and the intellectual and spiritual wasteland we have created. Christianity must end this retreat and again become an expansive, vibrant, driving force, a loving and joyous force. A great awakening may be the only thing that saves this country and perhaps the entire world. People of all ages, even children, are sick to their souls. It's not a new toy or more distractions required, but a healing of the soul which comes with an embrace of God. And it is amazing how few of today's secularists and atheists understand that most of their beliefs regarding equality, freedom, and human rights, the inherent worth of every individual, are in fact Christian beliefs. I put in here, women were also esteemed by the Christian faith. Now, they are told, they are nothing special as our selfish, perverted, woke ideologists and demagogues attempt to dehumanize the entire human race of all colors. But he goes on, Christianity is the reason they, the left and those who are anti-moral, anti-religious, exist in the United States of America and Europe. Yes, some of these thoughts might go back to ancient Greeks, and ancient Greeks aren't the ones who propagated these beliefs for the modern world, though. That was the work of Christianity. One of the most profound insights from Jesus was his abandonment of tribe. Today we underestimate the truly historic insight this was. How was, how is it, how it was stepping aside all thought of the time? It was one of the greatest paradigm shifts in the history of humans. And it led to the transformation of human thought. I agree, he says, with Thomas Jefferson, who considered the teachings of Jesus as being the most sublime and benevolent code of morals which has ever been offered to man. One can accept Jesus as the Messiah or not, but he must re-grasp the wisdom he unleashed. But far too many have become unmoored from this beauty as we witness the retribalization of peoples. Judging people by this or by that physical trade or on the basis of the origins or their most recent ancestors, the classification of a whole person based solely on a single belief he or she professes is another species of the same old poison of it's in the blood and notions of collective guilt and innocence. The old idea is making a frightening comeback. He's talking about the prejudices over skin color, over faith, over where you're born, over how much money you have, what you do. He goes on, in addition, 
It seems when people aren't bound by more fundamental truths, they often begin to consider themselves almost demigods, having the power to alter reality based solely on their wishes and beliefs. We see this in today's woke insanity, and since few of us are saints, it is a guarantee this way of thinking will lead to future atrocities. The most fundamental truth that we all are the sons and daughters of God is being lost. Christians cannot allow this to continue. You are our last defense. Thus, he says my plea, do we agree on anything? Of course, on everything? Of course not. Who does? But we agree on enough, and it is clear that you are needed now, perhaps more than ever. And with that, I give you the Great Commission. This is coming from me. Then the twelve disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some did doubt. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them that to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. In Acts, Jesus replied, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that includes America. And America is needed to save the world. So let's worship the King and bring America home and make America godly again. Merry Christmas to all of you. God bless you.